Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of Chicks in Charge Automotive Edition. I am Jess. I'm Shasta. And we are so excited to bring Ashley Negron to you guys today. Ashley is, go ahead and tell us what you do. You're with Rober Kia. Yeah, so I work at Rober Kia here in Joplin. So I've known these ladies for a hot minute. Um, And I get to work as the office manager. So you all know what that entails, which is just a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Yeah. (laughs) You wear a mini hat. (laughs) Yes, I do. Everybody in their place. Yes. So we try most days. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are go. super excited that you're here today. And as you guys can all tell, she is in studio yes. with us. Roper Kia is a local store to us and also a long time client of ours as well and wonderful friends. So we are super excited that she was able to make it in studio with us today. Ashley, tell us a little bit about what you do for Roper Kia and, um, you know, how did you get into the automotive industry? Yeah, so I've been at Kia for the last six years. Well, almost six years, I guess. Um, I actually came to the automotive industry with zero experience. I knew nothing about the car business um, other than the fact that my husband had actually been on staff at Kia for several years before then. Um, He started in the parts department and worked his way up to being over the BDC um, and found myself uh, one day without a job and um, kind of a, a whole crazy thing. Um, and right before that, Tustin had found out that the current office manager had put in her two weeks notice. And so wow. like literally two days before I found myself with that wow. job, um, which was just, yeah. So we started having conversations. He's like, do you think this is something you'd like to do? Um, Josh and I took time to think about it, to pray over it and just kind of figure out like, what do I want to do? I also didn't want to just take the first job that was offered to me. Um, but also the thought of job hunting after six years was kind of intimidating too, because I'd been at my previous job for six years. Um, and just realized, yep, nope, I could see that the dealership was changing. Um, Tustin was fairly new to that GM position Mm -hmm. at Kia, um, and just decided I'm going to give this a go and see what happens. And here we are six years later. So (laughs) what what field were you in before? Um, so I worked at a local Bible college in the admissions department. So did recruitment, enrollment, um, walking parents and students through that whole process and all of those steps. And yeah. How do you think that prepared you for the role you took on at Kia? Um, well, college parents, students can be a lot. (laughs) Um, And so you, you just learn to find the barriers and to find what's kind of standing in their way to making that decision or what's that holdup. And really honestly, like the car business is the same way. There's objections, no matter what you're selling, even if it's college versus a car. Um, But it prepared me to work with um, difficult people. Mm -hmm. Um, There's difficult people, no matter where you go. Um, And also just kind of um, to not be afraid of hard things, you know, Um, to see what's in front of you and to step into that and to give it a go. Um, And then just how to how to lead people. Um, you know, I started at Bible college in my early twenties. And so that was a huge time of growth, um, and kind of learning how to do that. And so I learned a lot of things that then transitioned into that leadership over, um, over that position. And the previous office manager, actually, um, the way that Kia was structured at the time did not have a seat at the table in the management team. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming in, I said, no, like if I'm going to do this, um, I, I want that seat at the table. Right. Like that was part of my negotiation into coming was like, I want this seat at the table. So, um, <laughs> and that, I think really helped establish like, no, I'm, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this. I know nothing, but I'm going to figure this out, but I know people, right. So I'm going to come in, I'm going to figure this out and we're going to just see where it goes. So that's awesome. Yeah. 
So yeah, you mentioned question. that your husband worked at Roper before uh-huh. you came on board. Yep. What has that been like working alongside <laughs> your husband in the automotive industry? Yeah. yeah. So we've obviously we've been doing it. He's been there um, almost. This will be 12 years wow. in um, in July. Um, like I said, started in the parts department and just has worked his way um, up now to director over BDC. So all mm-hmm. things marketing, all of um, anything to do with the website, works with you guys, um, yeah. all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I'll, people ask us that all the time. Like, how do the two of you, I would kill my spouse if I worked for that. Right? I would. I Everybody would says I would totally do that. Um, but honestly, like, I don't know. We love it. Like, you know, you think about going and doing something different and I'm like, but I wouldn't get to do that every day. Like, yeah. you know, but the funny thing is like, we don't actually see each other unless we make the time or like, right. unless we're, separate buildings. we're kind of completely separate buildings. Um, so he's down in our business development center. The office is where we are. And like, we're both removed from the main dealership. Mm-hmm. So we're not even like in the middle of everything. Um, so honestly, unless we are in meeting or we make time to see each other every day, we don't. And rarely do our worlds even overlap. Like, you know, the things that we, sometimes there may be situations that come up from his um, BDRs or whatever that he needs more clarification or more context on or reviews or things like that. But as a general rule, they don't really overlap, which I think helps keep that okay. Right. <laughs> Um, I think that barrier. Yeah. And I think if they were, if they intersected more, we might, might see some fireworks because we're (laughs) both pretty, (laughs) we're both pretty opinionated, but yeah. Yeah. So it's really good. Well, the whole thing about that is too, is that it's not just Roper Kia that you guys do business in together too. You guys have now branched out into owning multiple other businesses. Yeah. So what are all of those? Yeah. So we, um, with our, um, our best friends, we own, um, a sports car rental company here in town. Um, which is just super fun. It's been such a, such a blessing to people. And we just, we love cars, obviously. So it's just been a super cool um, way to just get to, I don't know, love on the community and expose people to cars that they may never own or ever get to drive any other way. And I love Um, that. And I want to do a quick plug real quick for that, because if you are local and listening, and I know that we don't have a ton of local listeners right now, um, but if you are local to the Joplin community area, we would love to do a shout out for Epic Drives. That is Ashley and Josh's company um, that does the exotic rental cars. Yeah, it's super fun. Actually, the boys are um, flying to Austin today to pick up a new new ride. So we actually have two new rides coming. I can't. They're going to reveal it today. So, well, one of them they're going to reveal today as they're driving Mm. it home. I'm not lucky enough to do the live reveal on the last one. Yes. Yes. The second one arrived yesterday, but it needs a new color. So we'll reveal it shortly oh, so yay. yeah That's it's just um it's been it's been super fun so um and then we own um rental property okay um, we have 30 doors wow. um and we have a girl who is wonderful who manages all of that for us that because it so got awesome. to be we did it on our own till about 21 and then it got to be like okay we are mm-hmm. this is this is too much um and then we own the salty sloth franchise in carthage which um yeah, if you're a local human, you know Salty Sloth well. Um, mm-hmm. They're branching out and getting there. So it's just been a really fun... That's so awesome. Yeah, you guys have crazy. done a lot of that within the last 365 days. Yeah. Yeah. The right. rentals were two years. Yeah. Rentals are two years old. Salty Sloth was last year. And Epic Drives, we actually started in 2020. Wow. So. Yeah, we do oh a little gosh. bit of everything out. It keeps us out of trouble. You're so busy. <laughs> on top of that, on top of that, you're also really big in your church and uh-huh. CrossFit as well. Right? Yes. You know? Yep. Yeah. That's so crazy. we go CrossFit every single morning. Well, I say that we go CrossFit four days a week, 
we stay at home in sauna one day a week. And then um, we play pickleball with some friends on Saturday mornings, um, which fun. has just been super fun. I surprisingly like and I'm good at pickleball. So wow. <laughs> okay. I haven't played it yet. Yeah. I haven't I've heard either. it's fun. I've heard it's really addicting once you get it's started. It's so addicting. I am not. Um, I uh, I lack hand-eye coordination. That was never. <laughs> that was not my thing. Um, but surprisingly, I am fairly decent at pickleball. We're getting there. Yeah. So graceful, yeah. she is not. No, uh, <laughs> I can trip over the crack in the sidewalk. So yeah. I did that last week. Yeah, I can. So you that, had but... an accident not too long ago. Yes. And that kind of affected your CrossFit journey. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So in September of 2020, um, our um, our owner took our management team out to Little Sahara in um, Western Oklahoma. It's basically a giant, like, I don't know, 60,000 acre sandbox. It's super fun. Um, and so we were riding ATVs and all kinds of fun stuff through there. It's the last morning. We're going out for one more sunrise ride before we're going to go home. And Mr. Frost takes us kind of into this like bowl shaped area and says, go have fun. Just watch out for each other, whatever. Well, I'm riding Josh, whatever. Um, I've not driven the entire time, but I've had a blast being passenger. I'm a great passenger. I'm a great I'm, passenger I'm, princess. Yes, I am a passenger princess. Um, I'm, I'm great at it. Um, and we're, so Josh decides like we're going to do some donuts in the middle of this bowl, but like, is not accounting for the fact that like they're getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And then finally, like it just like slides and flips over and we land on the roof of the ATV. Um, and somehow in the middle of all, it rolled my direction. I don't know if I like put my arm up to brace myself. I don't know if I grabbed the handle. I genuinely at this point have no idea. Um, roll and I dislocate my elbow. Oh, um, fortunately I'm a lefty. Okay, so it was your right. <laughs> so it's my right elbow. Um, but then we are an hour and a half from a hospital. We are also oh out in the middle of nowhere in the desert. Like no it's cell service. no cell service. No, um, like we're probably 25, 30 minutes in the ATV back to the campsite before we can even ever then take the hour and 15 hour and 30 minute drive. Oh, no. So. Um, and obviously like we had, they had to like, we hung upside, I had a helmet on, like I was all those things, everything else was fine. Um, had to hang upside down for a while until they could figure out how to like get us flipped back mm-hmm. over and then like hang on while they're flipping us back over. Um, I've never been so close to passing out in my entire, like <sighs> literally like it, everything felt like I was underwater. Like I heard mm-hmm. people talking and talking to me and asking things, but like it literally sounded like they were talking to me underwater. Like it was the whole world like closed in. Was, like, and free. you can't even respond. I can't respond. I'm just, apparently I'm screaming my arm. Like I don't, anyway, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin has pictures and video from oh, at some point like of me. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. No. Hey, you read some memories, right? Um, so they, they get us back to the campsite and they get us loaded into somebody's car because we had ridden with people mm-hmm. who needed to bring a camper back. Oh, this just gets better and better. So they load us into some car that belonged to the dealership and they get a pillow and like, you know, all the things. And of course, like my my bone is like... Oh, is it out of your skin? No, no, it did not break my skin, but you can see it's like sticking out. Oh, like, and it's it's already huge. Oh, um. So, uh, 
Mr. Frost, actually, that uh, misty, like the windows are down and I'm just like, I'm, I'm breathing, I'm keeping my eyes closed. And all I'm thinking is like, make it to the hospital, mm-hmm. make it to the hospital. Because I am in the most pain I have ever been in. I can imagine. Um, also, for the record, resetting an elbow is not like your shoulder or your knee and the pain does not go away. Oh, when they no. reset it. Like, that's not how elbows work. Um, so, Mr. Frost... Um, Mr. Frost has been on at Little Sahara a ton over the years, um, actually ended up in an accident with his thumb um, and a winch and like lost the top of one of his thumbs. Oh, no. So he, he climbs in the back seat next to me. He's like, hey, they're going to take good care of you. Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, you only he threw when yeah. I keep it frosty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, um, anyway, um, and so, and Misty comes over and she prays over us and, um, Josh takes me to the hospital. Um, and also in the moment, everybody later was like, why didn't we let her, him drive her to the hospital? Like, cause he's the one who had driven the, obviously like, yeah, he also, we had, was like, he okay? So he has to go into the camper and pack up all of our stuff because oh, we gosh. hadn't packed yet because we were going to have time when we got back before mm-hmm. we had to leave. And so like our stuff is everywhere. Um, Tustin did go into the camper and like help. He's like, what can I do? And I was like, you need to go check on my husband. Like, I know he's not okay. Like you two know him. He's a very right hearted person. Um, and obviously loves me very dearly. Yeah. And so that was a really big thing. Um, so we make it to the hospital. He goes, the one time I speed all the way to the hospital and want to get caught so I can get to the hospital faster. I don't see no cops. <laughs> no cops anymore. No, so we get to the hospital and keep in mind, this is 2020. So it's COVID. COVID time. So we also don't know, like, is he going to get to go in with me? Like, what is this going to look like? Now, fortunately, this is kind of like small town. Um, so the rules and things were not as strict. Um, so he did get to go back in the room with me and they took me straight back. Like the minute that they saw what was happening, they took me straight back. Um, and came in, she examined me. She looked at me, all the things she's like, okay, well, we're going to do x-rays, but I'm pretty sure like just to make sure nothing's broken. Um, and well, she's like, would you like some pain meds? (laughs) Yes, yes, please. Yeah. Uh huh. That'd be great. So, um, they go to, Josh said no more had they like wheeled my bed out to go take my x-ray. She comes in with the pain meds. Of course I missed that. So I go and we do the x-ray and again, not on any pain meds. And so I'm having to like hold my arm and like do all the things. And like, I am, I am trying not to pass out. I am breathing. I am all these things, right? She's like, you are a trooper. I'm like, what's my joysticks? Like, (laughs) I don't have a choice. So we, they bring me back. Well, by the time they bring me back, because I've had all of this additional pain from moving it. Now my blood pressure is really high and my heart rate is really high and all the things. And I can't take pain meds. Oh no. One thing after another. Yeah. So she's like, well, I can't give you, yes, we're going to reset it. Nothing is broken. So actually they said all of my CrossFit and being fit is what kept anything from ripping, tearing, breaking, and I'm double jointed. So that also helped. Um, so the combination of those two things is what kept me from having really bad long-term no surgery, no, like yeah. in, no cast, no, none of those things. Um, so she's like, well, I can't give you ketamine to reset it and give you pain pills because your heart rate will drop too low. And oh. we'll... she's like, but when we reset it, you'll be fine. Yeah. Turns out it's not. <laughs> turns out that's not the way that works. <laughs> so no pain meds. She's like, take a couple ibuprofen when you get in the car. You'll be fine. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so no pain meds. But of course, I'm like high as a kite because ketamine's great mm-hmm. stuff. So um, they reset it, all the things. 
um, Tustin and my friend Holly, like were waiting outside of the hospital force. They wouldn't let them in, but they were waiting outside and they're like, what do you want? I was like, I want tropical smoothie. No. I don't, and nothing else sounded good. Like I had eaten nothing by this point in the day. It's like, I don't know, noon to whatever. I don't know. No concept. Um, but also start to realize like, I'm in a sling. I'm in a wrap. I don't know how to do anything one handed. Yeah. Oh no. Like, how am I going to, okay, this is fun. How am I going to do anything? So clothes, the bathroom, I, my hair, my contacts. Fortunately, I'm a lefty. So the brushing the teeth was fine, but it turns out I put my contacts in with my right eyeball or my right hand because I learned (laughs) from right-handed people how to put my contacts in. So I wore glasses for months because I couldn't get my, um, so no, no breaks. We thought no tears. Um, that came up later. Um, so then start physical therapy. Um, some of our dearest friends are a chiropractor and a physical therapist. And I said, so what can I start doing now? She goes, just move your fingers. Like you need to keep the blood flowing and like, cause I'm in this whole thing. So, um, go see the doctor. We start physical therapy. Um, and I got the most incredible physical therapist who turns out I went to church with, did not know her. Um, but we just immediately connected and she was incredible at helping me keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're the, I'm the youngest person in this entire physical therapy room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I am getting my life back. Like right. I, I am I'm too active. I'm I'm 34 years old. Like I'm going to, I am going to get all of this back. Right. Um, And I wanted to be back to CrossFit. Like that's, that is part of an outlet for me. That's, um, I've lost quite a bit of weight over the years. And so like, I am not, I'm not giving all of this up. Right. So she got me to a certain point. So like she said, I can't really do anything else for you. Like insurance isn't going to keep paying anymore because you're back to mobile. Mm -hmm. Right. But like I had lost all of the strength strength in my bicep, in my back, in my shoulder. Like so it had atrophied all that had atrophied, even though like I was picking up two and three pounds at a time. But right. Right. Like you're you're doing all these things. Um I, I still went to the gym every single day. I still did. I did lots of legs. I did lots of abs, lots of my left arm. Like I still kept up all of those things. Right. So then I spent the next year almost doing like physical therapy on my own um, with our friend who's a physical therapist to get back to CrossFit. Um, and just was like, no, there's, I am not going to, I'm not going to give up. Mm-hmm. I did my exercises every single day she's like you're one of the few people i know who actually does everything i tell you to every single day like i was <laughs> relentless with doing those because mm-hmm. i i wasn't i wasn't willing to give that up yeah right um and there's still like today we did a whole bunch of push-ups and it still is like eh, it's cold out so it eh, it will it will never be the same but i've figured out how to adapt and overcome i still adjust crossfit workouts a couple times a week just because I'm like, well, uh, that hurts it. So I'm not going to do that. And that aggravates it. And I'm not going to do that. Um, coming back to CrossFit, we actually found I had a tear in my ulnar ligament, um, which was causing lots of nerve pain and all kinds of fun things. Um, but the surgery for that is horrible and the recovery is horrible. And they said, you're probably not even going to have back your mobility you have now if we do surgery on it. So I did a couple of plasma injections. Um, they take, take my blood, spin it, separate it and inject that plasma back Okay, and like turn the needle to induce trauma mm-hmm. so that when the body sends healing cells to it, there's already all of this plasma right. and it speeds that back up. And we've done, I did two of those. 
um, in, in the next April and May. Um, and I've had no problems. And that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So that's a huge um, insurance because they consider it experimental. Um, but it's been a really... I was grateful for a doctor who's like, you have options. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. think that sounds a lot like what Robin had done on her ankle too. That's what mm, I was thinking too, like injections. a stem cell yep. replacement. Yep. Yep. Or, and they said, if it continues, like that's your next, that could be a next level mm-hmm. with stem cell kind of stuff. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. But, so you didn't let any of this hold you back. You were no. back in the gym almost no. immediately. Yeah. And I literally was at the gym on Monday, like doing something. Saturday? It was a, it was a Friday morning. And Monday morning, I showed up to the gym, sling in sling, but like, I'm, I'm like, I can at least walk, like, yeah. or I can get on a bike and use my right. legs, or I can do something, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to re, had to relearn how to do everything. I had to teach Josh how to cook. No, oh, <laughs> how did that go? Uh, so this is, this is funny in that before the accident, I was like, stay out of my kitchen. I love to cook. I don't mean that like in a male, female kind of way, but like, I just genuinely love to cook and I'm really good at it. So just stay out of my kitchen. Just this is my space. Just me. Leave me alone. Um, well then all of a sudden he has to be in it and I have to teach him. Oh, no. And walk him through, how do I, so we're not eating. I mean, like he could make eggs, oatmeal, and salmon. Like those were the things he could make. I can't even make salmon, but I was going to say, you can mark one of those off your list. (laughs) Eggs and oatmeal, right? And I'm like, okay, we have to eat. So people did bring us food, but like we also eat a very specific way. So, um, and so what's come out of that is like, now we love spending time together in the kitchen and he helps me cook every single night. And we, that's just a time we listen to a book or we laugh or we, I don't know, just talk or whatever. Mm. And just enjoy that time together away from work outside of the busyness and craziness of life. Um, and so it came like a sweet blessing out of a really traumatic time. So So I have a funny story to piggyback off of that. So whenever I had mine and my husband's first daughter, Kinley, I had a C-section. And so I had him, he had his family come over or something. And I had him make dinner that night for his family. And I had laid out asparagus and chicken and some other things. And I go in there to check on how things are doing and he's cooking this asparagus. And the first thing I do, I guess, was just walk past the trash can. And I realized the heads of the asparagus are in the trash can. And sit up the bottom. And stab the bottoms. He was just cooking. Cooking the, cooking the, cooking the, yep. the bottom. Strips of them. Like broccoli. The stem. Oh, oh, yes. oh, yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. uh, I don't think you're doing that. I don't right think you're going to want to eat that. Uh-uh. No. I wish that I wish that in my family, one of us was the person who loves to cook because neither of us love to cook. Oh, and it's so sure. it's a fight every night. Like, I think we spend half of our salaries every month on eating out because we're like, Nope, not tonight. Nope. So what do you think has been the biggest obstacle in your career since coming over to Rupert Kia and joining the automotive industry? Mm. I hope I'm talking loud enough for people to hear me. Hello! Can <laughs> <laughs> you hear us? Can you hear us? Um, I mean, obviously, like, a massive learning curve, right? Like, yeah. knowing nothing. I like took basic accounting in high school. So like I knew how to, I don't know how to make things balance and whatever, but right. it's a whole different, it's a whole different world. So I think the, I was thinking about this a few days ago of like, I felt like I had to prove myself. Like I had to prove that um, I belonged at this seat in the table. Like I'm working with these men who have all been doing this since they were 18 years old and they mm-hmm. found it as their first or second job. And they've, this is it. This is all they've known. And for a majority of our management team, that's the truth. Like they've been either, they've been raised up in Roper Kia. Like we have several managers that are like started at Roper Kia and worked their way up. Um, or have come from being in the auto world for 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I really initially felt this need to 
prove my worth and prove that I wasn't just there because I was Josh's wife. Um, the and nepotism it, that comes yep. with yes, being yeah. in a position because of a relationship. Right. You have to work twice as hard. Yeah. Or at least it felt like I did. Right. I don't think that any of the anybody would have said we always right. that. We assume yeah. that, yeah. right? Um, and as, you know, as new managers have come into the team over the years, they're like, okay, well, how long have you been doing this? Three years, five years, mm-hmm. whatever. They're like, what? No way. Like, yep. I fortunately picked it up very quickly. Um, I, Josh one day goes, you underestimate how impressive it is, how quick that you picked it up. I'm like, I mean, okay. Well, and I'm sure that sitting in, in those managers meetings, I mean, Robin will attest to that too, that when she got brought on at Rope Rikia as a marketing manager, sitting in those manager meetings is, was the game changer for yeah, her yeah. and getting to see all of the departments yep. and not just focus on yours. And I think that was, um, you know, because I also brought in a new fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. I came from outside of the auto world. So I looked at doing things differently. I looked at efficiency differently. I looked at how do we create processes and procedures. Like that's kind of my bread and butter. I yep. really like that. I like the <laughs> meat and the tidy and the orderly. And so, and sales, you all know, is anything but meat, yes. tight and tidy and orderly. And so how do, how do we meld those two things together? How do we find this middle ground for the office to not hate you because your paperwork is horrible and hey, oh, hey, we're selling 25 cars today. How do we like not overly rush and, and not do that well? So we've worked really hard to find that middle ground and to work together to to figure that out. And so um, I don't I don't feel that need to prove myself anymore. Like I know um, and, and spending time with Danelle um, has very much helped in going, nope. I belong here. I forgot and that I, you were so close yes, to Danielle. She's so Danelle. I got to meet her for the first time at NADA. Oh, she is just yeah. lovely. She's wonderful. That was actually something I wanted to bring up because you posted recently that you're going through the, the oh, I'm totally yes. mess this up, but the Grateful Journal that uh-huh. I choose joy. I choose joy. Uh-huh. So yeah. what um what has that done for you? I know you've you've already done it over a year, right? So she, this is a fun story. So she challenged us at the beginning of 2023. Our, our management team was so fortunate to spend all of 23 being mentored live twice a month by her, Wow, um, which is like, we were one of two in the country. Like you, you can't, that's mm-hmm. just, she doesn't do that. Um, she loves Tustin dearly. <laughs> yes, she um, and so we had that, that, that privilege. And so I started really strong. Um, and then honestly, like we took a trip to Europe for 10 days and I didn't pack the physical book with me oh, because no. I'm not hauling it all. We, we packed in carry on to the suitcase, carry on in a suitcase piece for 10 days. Oh, gosh. So I was not, I wasn't right. hauling the book. Well, that then meant that I got out of the habit. Like I wasn't writing it down every day and I wasn't doing, you know, like Josh and I would talk about them and we were exhausted. And then when I came back, I didn't stick with the rhythm and the routine or had kind of been hit or miss until about. I don't know, May of last year, um, when I finally just decided I'm sending these to Danelle every single day. Mm-hmm. The accountability to my, to my husband to text him, it wasn't enough every day. Even to test it wasn't enough every day. Um, it had to it had to be Danelle because I knew she was going to ask me, mm-hmm. where is it? Why haven't you done it? Mm-hmm. There was no there was no there was nothing that I could say that was a good enough excuse for why I didn't do it. And that was the game changer. Like right. I still every day texted to her every single day. Um, but I am not a naturally positive human. That sounds, I'm that's, probably the same way. Yeah. See, uh-huh. I would not have. No, I know. Well, I'm not. 
in I may have put on this super happy front and all of these things, but in the back of my head, like my husband used to call me the balloon popper. Like, yeah. I, could, I could come around and go, yeah, but this isn't going to work because blah, 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 blah. Who does that sound like, Jess? You. <laughs> it's, um, I think that probably comes with like a red personality. Uh, yes, some of it. We have uh, to analyze everything before yeah. we can agree or disagree yes, with something. Yes, uh-huh. And usually it's a, um, I, I laugh and call it being like a realist, yeah. but at the same time, it's like... Yeah. Your brain. Yeah. Um, but I've discovered it was a really big, like it really was hindering my ability to choose joy in circumstances to actually like, I, I, I started to realize like, I can't actually think of other solutions because I'm so stuck on the fact of why it won't work. Mm-hmm, right. I can't actually look for anything good in what might work. Right. Uh, and it was becoming a very big hindrance and a limitation. Um, now I watched my husband do this. He's on journal number four. Wow. So um, I watched him do this and watched the change and the growth in him, but was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm I'm (laughs) great. I'm good. I'm fine. But also like realizing like I could let things destroy my hour, my day, my Mm -hmm. week, like even external circumstances, like things I had zero control over could completely derail my mood. I, if I get quiet, it's bad. And so like, I could instantly like, turn on the red rage or whatever you want to call it. Right. And totally change the room because I was frustrated about something. Mm-hmm. I wasn't responding well, several of those things. And I find like, I am a human now, like it takes a lot to get me riled up. It takes a lot for me to go. Okay. I'm like, okay, great. Well, what, what, what good, where, what, how right. reframing for my girls, even when they get frustrated with customers or they've heard the same thing for the 20th time today. I'm like, Yes, but okay. Right? Like all of those kinds of things. Um, It has literally like rewired my brain to start to see the positive. And I see the positive before I see the negative. Um, It has affected every part of my life. And I'm like, who would have thought that 10 things every day and then writing my goals every day, right? Like what is she has to spot for three goals in there and then um, growth. So what are you listening to? What podcasts are you watching? What book are you reading? What did you learn today? So 30 minutes of growth every day. And our management team reads a book together. And every day we have to read or listen to 10 pages of that book and text our group exactly what our takeaway was. And it has led to some incredible dialogue and learning more about each other. And so there's that element. And then who are you extending grace to today? Right. So who did you, um, who did you give, give something undeserved to today? Who did you go? I'm frustrated, but I'm going to go. Okay. Or I'm going to go. Okay, great. Cool. Not one now. Like it's just, it's been, it has been an incredible game changer in my life. It's like forcing to teach yourself Mm -hmm. patience. Yeah. Yeah. And in uh, grace. Like yeah. You said. Well, and you know, you think about like, um, you think about now, great. Now you have a new Sorrento, right? Mm-hmm. You probably didn't notice any of the new Sorrentos in town until you bought yours. And I haven't now, seen a single one like ours. There's, well, not your color. There are a couple of them, but like anytime you buy a new car, right? You didn't yep. really notice that car mm-hmm. until you, you bought it. it. Well, now it's on the front of your mind, mm-hmm. right? Because now it's, it's there. It's, it's, it's um, familiar. It's familiar. Thank you. That's the right word. Um, and so that's, when it becomes a habit and it's familiar, it's on the tip of your tongue rather than it's what you, it's what you practice, right? right? So if you practice the negative, that's, what's going to be easily readily accessible. You practice the positive. That's also what's going to be readily accessible. Right. Um, and it's been, 
Like when people are go, so what should I do first? Like I want to, I want to, I want to grow. I want to become this better version of myself. I want to do all these things. This hands down, no questions asked. So can you, where can you get the the book? Yeah. So you can do the, I choose joy on Amazon is the place so that you can get it um, for Janelle Delgado. I also think that um, Glenn Lundy's morning five Mm -hmm. has a spot in his as well. Um, And I don't remember if Robin has a spot in her Epic AF planner for some kind of something. I can't remember. It might be called called something different. Yeah. Yeah. We have something up there, but I don't remember off the top of my head. It was read. It's right in X amount in your 300 list. Um, Read. 10 pages. 10 pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have some. Some, some, yeah. So it's just about putting that in front of you, but Mm -hmm. I highly recommend. And there's, there's even like. There's ones that are like five-year gratitude journals that you write down just five things every single, every single day. And it's five years worth of days that then you can go back and just kind of flip through. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, you know, one of the exercises that I did starting this year was I flipped back through. And it was so cool to watch all of them. went, oh, these are all of the incredible things that happened to me this year. And it was, I could tangibly see them. Yep. Um, without having to like think back and go, well, what did I accomplish this year? What did I do? Or you know, because sometimes was it... things are so small yeah. that, yeah, that from one month to the next, you're, you're going to forget, forget about that. I thing. can forget tomorrow. <laughs> right. So, and, and everybody does it differently. So Josh does his in the morning for the day before. Um, I do mine at night for the, that day. Okay. Um, so it just kind of depends on, you know, your rhythm and your style. So, yeah. Interesting. I wonder which one is like a more accurate. Cause if you sleep, maybe you have time to process mm-hmm. everything. I don't know. They, I think a lot of, a lot of people say to start your day with it because it sets your tone. It sets that like spike of dopamine and serotonin and you're getting that kind of thing. I also think like I had, I had worked on changing my mindset to be more positive. You know, CrossFit helps you learn how to do really hard things every single day. Right. Um, Writing a marathon, how to do hard things every single day. And so I could, I could find the positive in the accident even without having done the gratitude training enough to know, like if I'm not positive about this and I'm not going to tackle this from a non, I wasn't, I was going to choose not to blame Josh. I was going to choose to tackle it and and do the hard and do the exercises Mm -hmm. every day. Or I could just be bitter and mad about it. Like I knew like literally from the minute it happened, I have two choices and which, which path am I going to take and which way am I going to step? So, and I'm sure that helps your brain in the healing process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you actually like, um, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit at the luncheon, but like the neuroscience behind the habit of gratitude and what it actually does to rewire your brain. Um, it actually helps give you better physical and mental health. It actually helps you tackle when hard things happen because they're going to happen. Like it's guaranteed in life. They're going to happen. Um, and then the, the serotonin and the dopamine spikes that actually happen in your brain. So it's cool that science is like catching up with this and you can see it mm-hmm. like in actual right. rewiring of people's brains. So yeah. I'm very interested in doing this now because I know that if anybody needs it, a, mind, a mindset you? shift, it's probably me. <laughs> it's going to rewire my brain. Um, you know, and I'll tell you like, um, I have, we have several friends who like, you know, Josh and I will post about it or we'll talk about it with people. And we have several friends who have started it um, and a set of very, very close friends whose marriage was actually really kind of on the rocks. And they started this, each of them. He texts Josh and she texts me every single day. And they've been doing it since the beginning of the year um, and slowly are seeing progress in their marriage. And they're That's doing awesome. the work, right? And they're they're digging in and they're finding and I'm seeing the glimmers of hope in, in this. We're going to make it through this season, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, Danelle says when you're mad at someone, 
Like you need to go write out 30 things that you're grateful for about that person when you're I've heard something like that before. Yeah. She's like, it literally, yeah, she's like, you may sit there all day, but you need to write out 30 things for that. She might even say a hundred, but, um, you know, and, and you will no longer be mad at them. Like you literally cannot stay mad when you are thinking of the things that you are grateful for, because there's always the gratitude will override the anger. That's physically changing the channel. It physically changes the channel, right? So our brains, um, you could get all kinds of nerdy. I, I get a little neuroscientific. <laughs> um, but um, Dr. Caroline Leaf talks about that, like, our, our thought patterns are like um, vine or like um, roots of a, of a tree, right? And so what goes out and underneath. And the more that we dig into those same neural pathways and the more we reinforce those same neural pathways, the deeper and entrenched and bigger that they become. Mm-hmm. So, which is right. Exactly. So when you choose the wrong, literally you're just reinforcing the wrong habits and which is how addiction becomes so such a big thing because you're continually growing that. So you have to actually literally replace the, the habit with a new habit. And that's why it's so hard. Because you have to rewire your brain and literally create new channels and new mm-hmm. neuron pathways that actually change your brain. Wow. It's so fascinating. So you could, there's a whole, you could YouTube spiral for a long time. That's the whole day talking about this. It's amazing. So it's you amazing. mentioned a tidbit in there that you were going to be speaking about that at the luncheon. Yeah. So you are going to be our keynote at the Women in Automotive yeah. social luncheon that we're doing on March 6th in Kansas City. Yep. And we are so excited for it. Without giving too much away, tell us a little bit about what you have in store for that. Yeah, so I think I've thought a lot about, you know, six years in the auto world isn't a long time. But I look at who I was when I started at Kia versus um, who I am now um, and how I have grown and matured as a leader and in the way in which I interact with fellow managers and the way in which I lead my girls, um, all of those kinds of things. And so kind of have boiled it down to like, what have been the biggest impacts on me personally that have actually like changed my life? And so we're going to talk a lot about those couple of things, one of which is gratitude, because it really has um, that daily habit, daily being the key, like you, the doing it here and there, like didn't really I was on, off, whatever, did not rewire my brain. It's that daily disciplined habit. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, it's the, to boil it down, it's like, the, it's the little decisions that we make every single day that are then either going to make us a better leader or going to make us a worse leader. And so it's those decisions and habits that we make every day. I love that. And I'm super excited to have you as our keynote at this event. I know it's going to be perfect and you're going to be perfect for it. Oh. I'm super excited that it is. It's a big word. I think you're going to pull it off. You're going to be great. But I think that it's it's awesome that we're doing it during International Women's Month and the theme of this being inspiration. So for you to be the person up there on stage delivering the keynote is super exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you girls for thinking of me. I'm very honored. I'm very excited so, to have you. There. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So if anybody wants to connect with you outside yeah. of this, where can they reach yeah. you at? Yeah. So, um, I have Facebook and Instagram under, um, Facebook under Ashley Negron, Instagram under AD Negron. Um, and then, um, shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. It's a Negron and that's N-E-G-R-O-N at roperauto.com. I would love to connect with you and help in any way that I can. And if you are local to this area or anywhere near Kansas City, our luncheon is going to be March 6th from 11 to 2 at NCM. And we will post all the information in the 
the linkity dink of this all right That's well without one. further ado we'll go ahead and wrap it up in a world where you can be anything remember to be kind because you never know what battles someone else is facing so whenever you go out into the world this week remember to light it up i am jess i'm shasta i'm, I'm ashley this is ashley and we're so excited that you were able to join us today thanks so much